Welcome back to the Umarpreneur podcast, where I bring you guys Muslim entrepreneurs that are at the top of their game to really share with you their experiences and their lessons learned through entrepreneurship. And today I have a very special guest with me, one that I've actually been wanting to bring on for quite a while. So I'm lucky that we finally got him on the podcast and get him to share some of his experience. And I think it's really relevant to really all Muslim entrepreneurs in terms of what his business does and what he's able to help with. And it's going to be a really interesting episode for you to listen to, inshallah. So with without further ado, I want to present to you Saad Ahmed of Muslim Ad Network. Brother Saad, assalamu alaikum. Alaykum. Brother Abi. How's it going? Alhamdulillah, good, man. Can't complain. Getting to the the end of the week here, Juma tomorrow. Yes. Uh, you know, so uh, <laughs> got something to look forward to, you know. 100%, 100%. Who doesn't? Mashallah. So one thing that I do want to ask you, just because our listeners right now might know of you, might not. So I want us to just give them a little brief overview of who you are and what it is that you do. Can we get that? Yeah, for sure. So uh, again, my name is Saad. Uh, you know, I'm talking to you guys from Brooklyn, New York, uh, the East Coast. I am representing Muslim Ad Network, which is a, a company of Ummah Media Group. And uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, Muslim Ad Network uh, was conceived um, over, it's been over 10 years actually now, Alhamdulillah. And, um, you know, uh, we set off to really solve a very simple problem. Um, as a website owner, I had a, I was running a very popular Muslim blog called Chilio Islamio. And, um, you know, writing, writing articles to like young Muslims and getting them to kind of um, improve their productivity, get closer to Islam, but kind of doing it in a way that was like hip and trendy and cool. Uh, so as a website owner, uh, you know, every website owner wants to make halal income. Yeah. And what, ha what happens is, you know, uh, as a default method, you want to serve ads. So as somebody who was trying to serve up ads or, you know, finding ways to serve uh, ads that were not only relevant to the audience, but most importantly, uh, were a halal in, in, its, in its kind of essence. Uh, so, you know, not promoting anything that is against Islam, having that clean halal income, uh, kind of looked at the market. Um, me and my co-founder, uh, Dabish Hassan, who uh, was running uh, Ummah Torrents at, at that time, uh, offering the Muslim, uh, you know, uh, kind of audience, the ability to download, um, you know, kind of Muslim multimedia kind of content, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at, at their will. So we both had a very simple problem. How do we uh, make money off our website? So we started looking at different tools, started using like Google. And then, you know, when you start using Google ads, you know, one day you wake up and you're, you start seeing, um, you know, uh, an ad of, uh, let's just say like a liquor company, right. or uh, you might see like, you know, uh, a, a woman that's dressed already very immodestly or like some gambling company. So we, we thought to ourselves, you know, why, why isn't there an advertising solution that caters to Muslim uh, site uh, creators and owners? So that's where the idea of Muslim ad network came into fruition. And, um, you know, since then, it's been uh, a very kind of crazy ride. Uh, I think that every business presents its challenges. Um, but, you know, the Muslim kind of market uh, is very interesting because you have all types of Muslims. You can have a Muslim who runs like a very religious website, super conservative. And, you know, they might not even be okay with like serving, um, you know, 
an Islamic finance ad because they don't agree with that version of Islamic finance. Mm. But in a long, keep a long story short, we're, we're out here to really uh, empower, uh, you know, two sides of the Muslim market. One are like the website owners who want to create like halal income and ads. And then the other side of it is uh, brands, organizations that are scratching their head and saying, how do we reach Muslim consumers at scale? Um, you know, if you go to Facebook or Google, you can't say I want to target a Muslim. So that's where Muslim ad network comes in. So what we do is we basically partner with a bunch of Muslim sites, just like the ones that we once owned, and we create a lot of selling power. We create one big family of websites and apps that are attracting Muslims. And then we go to the brand and say, hey, why don't you just use one single easy platform solution? It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. It's going to make your life a lot easier. And guess what? If you're the website owner, you just sit back and make halal income. So yeah. that's that's the idea. Definitely. And, and it's definitely an idea worth creating and bringing it to life, honestly, because it's a very unique uh, solution in itself. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on this podcast, it's been quite a while, is because I remember in the early stages of Omerpreneur, when I was really launching this business, my previous two businesses that I had built and sold weren't catered to the Muslim community specifically. And this one is. And when I realized that I wanted to target Muslims and serve Muslims, there was no way to do so using the existing platforms, right? Like, uh, as you mentioned, Facebook, Google, there's, you have to really figure out workarounds and kind of ways to target interests that exactly. might be similar. And um, it was always a little bit more challenging. And so it was really interesting. And I ended up discovering Muslim ad network and being really curious about it, which led me to reach out. And I'm happy we're having this conversation now because now is an interesting time where actually what happened with Facebook recently, for those who don't know who um, who advertise online or plan to advertise online with Facebook, they removed all targeting options, including interests that could potentially connect to uh, some type of religious affiliation. So um, about a year ago, uh, maybe a little bit less, but I know it's been quite at least a few months that they've canceled this out. You used to be able to target, for example, um, Quran, right? Or uh, Adhan, or even influencers within our community, like Brother uh, Sheikh Amr Sulaiman or Naman Ali Khan. This yep. has all been removed, right? Um, and so now at this point, you're kind of left with potentially YouTube and Google where there's the option still, but it's not super effective or potentially yeah. working with you as well with Muslim ad network. And it's definitely something worth looking into for any business owner who wants to advertise to the Muslim yeah. Ummah to be able to get their business in front of the right people. Now, one thing that I do want to ask for you, when a business owner comes to you, an entrepreneur and wants to advertise their business, where can they expect their ad to show and how does it show up? Is it just banner ads? Do you guys do video? Do you guys do text? What does that look like? Just to know, like, I understand yeah. the expectations for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, uh, you know, so, uh, I guess there's like two ways to kind of break this down. Mm -hmm. Uh, Muslims, um, they go to Muslim sites, yeah. like to check prayer timings. They might look for the nearest halal restaurant. They might go to some Muslim blog to look at some, you know, latest religious article. And then when they're done with that, what are they doing? they're actually going to like regular websites like ESPN, they're going to CNN. So their, uh, their journey, their web journey is essentially very similar to just ordinary uh, kind of website uh, audiences, mm -hmm. except for that part of that, uh, you know, journey or actually where it starts is on these Muslim websites. And that's what allows us to really understand who these people are, that they are Muslim. Because if they're going to prayer sites, if they're going to Islamic Finder, or they're going to Islamic, wherever they're going, we can actually see that. And um, 
that kind of sets the 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 ex, you know kind of like the the precedence for where the ads are going to get served now on average anytime an advertiser works with us um you know uh we're getting them exposure across like 5000 different websites and apps this includes you know the muslim sites and apps the, there's 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 actually a lot that you can just name off of your head that like most Muslims are going to on a daily basis, like I mentioned, like the Quran apps and, you know, the Islamic finders of the world. Um, so we, we are definitely going to get you on those websites. And then as an extension of that, because you don't want to stop uh, your brand from getting exposure in the other places where Muslim eyeballs are going. So from there, now we're essentially augmenting and retargeting them across the whole web. So we can reach like 90% of the web. Um, but the starting point where, you know, any entrepreneur, any business owner, any brand would see their ads would be on prominent Muslim sites that most of us are familiar with. Uh, and then from there, we would, you know, push it out, broadcast it out across thousands of other sites where the Muslims are going to, uh, you know, new sites, um, you know, health, uh, you know, uh, portals, tech, port you know, it could be anything, you know, like think of like any site that you go to on a daily basis, like Guardian, or you're going to, like I mentioned, you know, to check like your, you know, your sports teams, uh, news, whatever the case is, um, you know, we want to be uh, front and center of, of that Muslim, uh, you know, consumer eyeball where they're going. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Now, that's interesting that you mentioned that. I'm really curious from a technical perspective, without going too deep into the weeds, in regards to what that looks like when you implement that process. Is it some type of pixel or tag where you tag that visitor and then you can display the ad across other websites? And my other question would be, you know, let's say you want to display on a website like CNN. Does CNN need to have the advertising code of Muslim Ad Network or are you partnering up with, let's say, Google Ad Network and saying, hey, for these users specifically, we want to show these type of ads? I'm just curious about the technicalities behind it. Yeah, for sure. So um, especially with all the privacy stuff now. Um, so Alhamdulillah, like we've been able to um, withstand like the storm because since day one, um, we have direct partnerships with publishers. Um, and then, you know, our intention is to keep that kind of network keep growing because there's always new websites coming out or that are coming on our radar, um, especially like as, um, you know, the Muslim uh, audience kind of matures, like in the in the West, in a, you know, in the, in the US, you have a lot of creativity coming out. Um, so the way we do it is, yeah, you know, like we, we actually go to the publisher, we work out a deal for them that's, uh, you know, and for us, it's very simple. We have a very simple ref share um, that's very uh, equitable and, you know, beneficial for the publisher. And, um, you know, uh, aside from like serving ads directly on the website, we also implement like first party pixels where we're able to kind of use that as a pipeline to the rest of the web, where we have a seat uh, across different backend um, kind of systems to kind of do that without going into like all the weeds. I can talk about it a lot more. Um, but yeah, first party relationship, first party pixels, and then, you know, using that as a leverage to get everywhere else. Um, but it all starts with, you know, having, um, you know, uh, and trying to nurture and, and grow more of the Muslim oriented websites directly. Um, and that's how you kind of really know somebody is Muslim, you know, when you have like, essentially like a Muslim social graph, if you have a Muslim audience, <clears throat> you know, 
that is going to check prayer timings, you're going to check halal pool restaurants. At that point, you can pretty much say this person is Muslim, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like I would know like it's you. I'm just saying yeah. like the audience, the audience is seated in that way. Got it. 100%. Now, again, without, I'm trying not to be too technical here so that any person listening could benefit, but I'm also curious for my own right. Um, one thing that we've noticed with an entrepreneur when it comes to advertising is, especially for a business like ours that deals with coaching and mentorship and business, there are a lot of, well, there's a lot of information that we need to provide to our customers upfront for them to then say, okay, well, this looks like it makes sense. Let me learn more. Let me, you know, maybe, you know, subscribe to a certain training or just see what you guys are up to uh, that. I feel like we wouldn't be able to convey with a simple banner ad. So my question to you is, are we limited with Muslim ad network to banner ads and, and kind of graphic designs? Oh, right, or, right, right, right. Yes. Do we, do you plan to implement like video or any other, any other formats into your advertising? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot that my head went in the other direction. But yeah, formatting wise, you know, rich media formats, banner ads are our main product. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then um, we do tap into video, um, but it's on a very case by case basis um, due to like budgets and kind of different things that we look at. Um, But, you know, banner ads are our main kind of assets for, you know, um, delivering, uh, you know, the ads. <clears throat> Got it. What have you noticed? And this is a tip for, for the entrepreneurs here. You've probably seen hundreds, if not thousands, if not maybe millions of ads created on your platform. What have you noticed are the common trends between advertising that really works and is effective and advertising that maybe doesn't really hit the mark? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think that, uh, you know, like they say, you only get one chance to make a first impression. Uh, so just like with anything in life, you know, your, your banner ad needs to resonate. It needs to be, uh, you know, the ones that work that we've seen, um, you know, are very, uh, kind of, I guess, minimalistic in their kind of presentation. They have a very strong kind of visual rich kind of presence in kind of like the elements that they're using. Um, and then in addition, they might have like a very strong, like call to action. So I think it varies. Like if you're like an online retailer, your call to action might be, um, you know, like, some sort of like a coupon or promo code. So having that uh, married with, you know, uh, like, you know, very uh, rich images of like the products that you're selling, um, you know, that could work very well. Uh, And then if you're, for example, you know, like an Islamic, uh, you know, home financing company, uh, perhaps the, uh, you know, uh, the way that you're, you're pitching uh, certain vehicles that you're, you're able to finance. And for example, there's a client, uh, you know, now offering um, uh, car financing, halal car financing. So that, you know, uh, I think you have to look at the audience, look at what's going to really stand out from like, this crowded market that's increasingly becoming crowded because you don't just have like one player anymore in like one sector and like yeah. Islamic financing you might have like 10 players now so uh if you're if you're coming into the market trying to get you know customers to move away from some other competitor or even just have them come on as you know business you know customers for the first time well why don't we 
talk to them about something that's very unique that's being offered. So I think with the banner, it, it's a combination of like the images, the call to action, um, what's going to really pop out and stand out from the crowd. It's a combination of, of using all that. And, um, you know, in advertising, you know, uh, it's very scientific. So, you know, you might have to, uh, at any given time, run like a B tests where you take like three, four different sets of banners and then you kind of, uh, or, or for that matter, at least like two, right? Two different uh, uh, variances of banners, running them and then kind of seeing um, which one drives like high click-through rate, which one is drawing like higher uh, viewability. Yeah. Uh, and um, a lot of times, you know, uh, brand or, you know, brand uh, folks, they don't even know. So it's, it's always like, a, a, you know, a lot of testing that, that needs to happen. And I think that's where I think even amongst like the Muslim brands, their marketing departments are, are, are more cognitive of that, where they understand that, you know, having, you know, different, uh, you know, uh, messaging and different images, and kind of seeing which one sticks and which one doesn't. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that, uh, that advice and those tips with us. Thank you so much. And Yep. One question that I have for you as an entrepreneur that, you know, the person behind, uh, behind the show, right? The person that's kind of running the business from your perspective as the CEO of Muslim ad network over the last, as you mentioned earlier, I believe it was 10 years, you've been running this business. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my, and my partner is, is a CEO, but I'm like the managing partner. I'm, I'm doing like the operation stuff, but yeah, 10 years. And <laughs> you know, I'll be honest, like <clears throat> 10 years, ago um you know there was no representation of muslims anywhere like in mainstream yeah. ads um this was like super infancy so i think that a lot of what we did early on kind of set the foundation um but over the past like you know even recent years is where um we're seeing the market kind of mature uh or get to like an inflection point in in growth um where it kind of um you know, uh, validates the value proposition that we have. So uh, as more and more, um, you know, they say the Muslim market is, uh, it's running, it's essentially parallel to the, to the buying power and growth of the Hispanic market in the 90s. So a lot of education that's going on now, a lot of the multicultural kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, movement and efforts that are kind of uh, going into, you know, brands, they're, they're becoming more cognitive of, of these type of things. And 10 years ago, it wasn't the case. But now you might see in a hijabi in like the Coca-Cola commercial. Um, so, uh, you know, 10 years ago, it was like a dream, right, to kind of see that happen. So mm -hmm. to see that naturally kind of taking course now, uh, due to like the different social, uh, you know, uh, economic kind of factors at play, I think that it's kind of lending itself to helping us continue to kind of push the, you know, uh, push push the industry forward. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, it's it's very uh, it, it it is hard work. You know, you you got to go to uh, kind of, you know, we just recently published a hundred page ebook on under the ultimate guide to understanding the Muslim consumer and you guys can download it off the website. Um, but that education, it's still needed and um, it, it needs to be packaged and, you know, presented and delivered to, um, you know, these marketers, uh, these agencies globally 
because they are oftentimes like they're they're very disconnected from what is in in the mind of the Muslim consumer on a mainstream level. Um, like we saw Banana Republic, for example, have like a hijab, you know, a hijab that was tailored for Muslim women. And um, in their ad, they had like the girl uh, very um, immodestly dressed um, beyond the hijab. So it kind of like contradicted the whole point. But, you know, you can't blame them because they don't know what they don't know. So it's on it's upon us, you know, companies like us and other folks to educate these brands and help them understand, you know, the identity of the Muslim consumer um, and, you know, how that kind of uh, gets incorporated into like a brand uh, market strategy. And this is the type of stuff that's coming up now. So to your question, like 10 years ago, yeah, we're Muslim website owners. We're just trying to make halal income. And you're just thinking about, okay, there's some Muslim companies out here. They could definitely, you know, take advantage of, of an ad network that's specifically going after Muslims. Um, but th th the bigger opportunity is, you know, uh, taking it to the next level. And that's, you know, getting like the mainstream brands to recognize that the Muslim consumer uh, is, uh, you know, the, the brand affinity that they show once you, once you reach out to them. Uh, and this is not just in Ramadan because that's kind of like a bandwagon marketing strategy. Yeah. But like, how do you develop a relationship with the Muslim consumer all year round? So uh, we're still working on stuff like that. And we're hoping that, you know, the seeds that we're planting will make an impact to the industry as a whole. Uh, so a lot has changed in 10 years, you know? Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, it's, it is beautiful to hear that you are really approaching this from a, uh, from an impact centric and, and really purpose centric perspective to see how you can not only, you know, provide an advertising solution, but also how you can actually create a shift in the marketplace. I am, yep. cur I am curious based on what you shared with me right now, do you have any non-Muslim businesses who choose to advertise on Muslim ad network? Has that ever happened? Non-Muslim businesses. Uh, yeah. So I guess, um, uh, and I guess you need to classify what you mean by non-Muslim business. I like guess like, just food? like you mentioned, like something like a Coca-Cola coming and being like, Hey, we want to talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. So like, yeah. um, uh, I would say like in the, in the last year we've ran ads, you know, we've done campaigns for like air Canada, for example. Amazing. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I know like the travel industry has been like in a rocky kind of place due to like COVID and all this, yeah, you know, stuff that's definitely. out of our control. Um, but you know, uh, we had a good brand um, kind of awareness campaign for some of their routes that they were pushing um, and internationally uh, through like to Dubai. So, um, you know, they came to us through their agency and uh, it was the first time they did something like that, uh, that we we even got to kind of do. Uh, nice. And, you know, inshallah, like, you know, we'll have like an ongoing relationship as like mm. travel and all this stuff kind of normalizes over time. Um, but we definitely, um, you know, that's an example of like a mainstream brand, uh, you know, not Muslim, you know, uh, at all. And, uh, you know, very specific industry. That's like, you know what, we have certain travel routes that Muslim consumers can benefit from. Uh, and therefore, how do we reach them? So it's like, okay, the next logical thing is, let's go look for a partner. So um, their agency kind of found us and yeah, you know, that's kind of like how it trickled down. That's cool. And it really, as 
exactly as you mentioned, where I think right now people and businesses actually are really seeing the potential, and I hope it's not for the wrong reasons, in really the Muslim market, right? That the demographic is growing, that, you know, there are Muslims um, that are increasingly uh, in number, you know, migrating to uh, the West and towards Europe and towards other countries as well, and that are even creating, you know, small communities within those countries, right? As we know, and these Muslims have needs, right? They have demands. And a lot of, you know, for, for many years, it, it almost felt like, you know, we weren't really recognized or we, there was no attention or really no preoccupation with, well, you know, what could we, what could we create to cater to the Muslim market? And there's the kind of that upside where there's now that recognition happening. Right. And it's kind of like, we can't be ignored anymore. Even by big business, they realize, well, this is a market that we need to serve and cater to as well. But at the same time, um, we also want to make sure, and that's, I, that that's really, um, equating to what you mentioned earlier, which is we really don't want it to also just be from a perspective of, Hey, how can we make money off of these people? Right. Uh, but exactly. instead, but instead it should be from the perspective of, Hey, how can we understand these people and how can we then actually help them with the solutions that they need from a place of understanding rather than from a place of trying to simply profit from a new demographic that wasn't tapped into before. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, a lot of like the stuff that's happening with like, you know, um, just the environmental stuff like Islam, Islam is very, uh, you know, makes a big emphasis on taking care of the earth and how Muslims should take care of the earth. And, you know, um, a lot of like these mainstream values that are coming to, to light, they're actually, you know, are uh, corresponding with a lot of what the Islam teaches anyways. Yeah. So um, it's just that the language we're using to kind of educate uh, folks, I think that's where we need to do a better job. Uh, you know, the more, uh, you know, Muslim kind of thought leaders out there that are kind of bridging um, the connection between the Muslim identity, the values uh, that our religion teaches, and then how that goes into, you know, the product philosophy uh, and creation of brands that are kind of entering the market and trying to capitalize. But ultimately, you know, it needs to be like, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, a, a sincere, like you got to yeah. really uh, understand it and not just rush to it because it's like a, like a gold mine, you know? Mm -hmm. So, because, uh, you know, if you do it wrong, you know, the word of mouth factor in the Muslim community, community is huge, you know? Yeah. So if you do something that's like, uh, off centered, uh, that doesn't, you know, you know, flow correctly, then, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna have a lot of blowback. And, um, we've seen that in certain scenarios, but I think that brands are starting to kind of wake up, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. One thing that I do want to share and in regards to why even we exist within Omarpreneur, why we created this movement and this organization and business in the first place is really because, you know, in regards to this topic, I would love to see more Muslims actually out there trying to serve the Muslim community, right? And it's and not only having you know companies that are already established tap into what are the needs of this community, how can we best serve them, how can we understand them, but also Muslims recognizing that you know there's millions of Muslims across the world that we can serve that have needs that need solutions and. There's such an opportunity right now for Muslims to get into business, to really become entrepreneurs and create those solutions. And I would actually love it if, you know, the, the market leaders, um, you know, 10 years from now, inshallah, will all be Muslim owned companies that are really started by Muslims and for Muslims, um, similar to Omarpreneur, because this is really where 
you know, ultimately at the end of the day, this is how we uplift each other as an ummah, right? It's by not only just saying, well, hey, let's donate to the masajid and let's make sure that, you know, our nonprofits are, are well-funded, but also let's support our entrepreneurs. Let's support businesses within the community and initiatives where we're creating unique solutions and, you know, really organizations that solve painful problems in regards to what we experience on a day-to-day -day basis. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that, with the metaverse and like web 3.0, you know, there's a lot of opportunities that we can really leverage, you know, the technology, you know, everything, everything at our disposal, you know, Allah has given us like, you know, we can use it for, for good reasons or for reasons that are not, you know, in align with, um, you know, what Islam teaches us to do. So I think that the more, um, you know, innovation we have, not like mm -hmm. Bidah, um, but the more innovators we have uh, in terms of like using technology for the greater uh, benefit of the ummah, um, you know, uh, like yesterday, I just came across a website actually called, um, uh, and somebody brought it up to me, imamconnect.com. I so interviewed like, the founder uh, oh, of, yeah? that, of that website. Yes. And it, it's an amazing initiative, mashallah. It's really cool. Yeah. It looks yeah. like some folks out in the UK. So um, I was kind of scratching my head and I was like, you know, um, it just, it just made so much sense. You know, there's a lot of like young imams, you know, therapists, uh, and to have like a central platform that, you know, is easily accessible to like the mainstream Muslim. It just, it's just awesome. So I think that, uh, oftentimes like we're trying to think of like these big, um, out of the box ideas. Um, like for example, if you look at, um, Al, uh, you know, Al-Safa. Uh, I think it was Al-Safa, like the first, you know, halal kind of consumer packaged meat company for like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Muslim consumers. Yeah, it's huge by, here in Canada. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. It was, I heard it was like started by like some Jewish folks. So um, really, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, there's so much obvious, like, you know, needs that Muslims, you know, have. And if, if we're not doing it ourselves, then somebody on the outside is going to just do it for us because mm -hmm. they just see it as like, uh, you know, like a money play um, mm -hmm. where they can just kind of capitalize on. So um, whether it's, you know, Imam Connect or, you know, uh, now you have like, you know, most, all these Muslim matrimonial apps, but it's good to see that they're started by Muslims and they're um, primarily for Muslims. But the thing that we got to keep in mind is that for example, like with halal food, a lot of uh, non-Muslims are actually gravitating towards it. So yeah. I would be like, I, I like to, I, I like to think, I don't like to use the term uh, by Muslims for Muslims all the time because Islam is universal. Yeah. And oftentimes what happens is that a non-Muslim will see the way that we eat mm -hmm. uh, or the way we dress or whatever the case is. And they might be like, you know what, that's pretty cool. Or, you know, that's actually like a healthier way to kind of live, you know, my lifestyle. I might not be Muslim, but I still want to grab that from like Islam because, mm -hmm. you know, you guys are presenting Islam in a very, um, you know, meaningful way. So they start extracting that stuff out. So I, to your point, yeah, like there's, I'm sure there's more opportunities out there where um, we can definitely cater to to our own people yeah. and then in turn it kind of leads to more of like you know you never know like a dawa effect you know 100 definitely 100 and one question that i have for you on the entrepreneurial side of things but for the entrepreneurs listening in you know 
someone being in business for, for 10 years and building a company for 10 years, that really takes commitment. It takes, you know, long-term vision and really being committed to seeing things through on the long haul. I mean, there's hundreds, if not thousands of entrepreneurs that start businesses every single day, but there are only very few that actually take it all the way to two, three, five years, 10, and even further. And one question that I have for you is what has been for you guys at Muslim ad network, what has been the driver for you to keep going throughout all of this time and continue to persist and commit towards hmm. this vision that you have? It's a good question. I think that uh, there's a sense of like um, purpose, uh, which I think is very important that like everything that we're doing um, is directly benefiting um, the ummah as a whole so um yeah like obviously there's money being passed around but guess what if we can make um the advertiser happy then on the other end of it the muslim website owner we're bringing him or her halal income and then that's kind of like empowering like everyone as a whole so yeah. having that purpose mindset um where you know a problem that's being solved that's that's essential that's necessary i think that's one of like the key drivers for it uh and then the challenge part of it like depending on how competitive you are um you know it's very easy to give up you know there's there's a lot there's lots of ups and downs in in, in any business you know you have seasonality you have you know, uh, customers that may not be happy, you have, um, you know, technology, uh, you know, uh, challenges, uh, there's a lot of stress that comes with it. But mm -hmm. I think that what keeps, um, you know, what kind of keeps things going, aside from like Allah's, you know, you know, help and kind of like mercy, is that, you know, just having the passion to um, continuing to solve a problem that, um, you know, is, is, is so, so, so critical because, um, you know, 10 years from now or 50 years from now, uh, you know, no one's going to come and say, Hey, you know, we want to reach Muslim consumers less, or, um, you know, uh, we wish it was, you know, more inefficient, you know? So these things are kind of like, you know, kind of taken to like the philosophy of like how we're thinking, you know? Mm -hmm. How do you how do you approach company culture as a whole? You mentioned one of your roles is operations, and I believe in operations. One of the things you do really pay attention to is the culture and the way everyone shows up within the business. <laughs> For you specifically, what is some advice you can give us or some tips on building a great company culture? I think um, culture um, manifests itself in different ways, but I think. Um, creating a culture, uh, to create a, to create a culture that's kind of like lasting and something that like, you know, we're always working on is, um, number one, uh, you know, giving everybody, um, you know, no matter who it is, no, no matter what title you have, you know, treating them with respect and then having, you know, having the, having their voice heard. I think that oftentimes when you are part of certain companies, you know, you want to kind of suppress, um, you know, it becomes kind of very top down and where there's no kind of like humility amongst like the bureaucracy of like management and somebody who's kind of like in a lower position might feel like, you know, they're not as important or they don't have an opportunity to speak up or move up or, you know, uh, make, make, a, make an impact. Uh, so I think inclusivity, uh, communication, and then building up that, you know, culture of tr treating everybody with respect. Um, and then, uh, you know, just 
kind of helping uh, move along, you know, uh, and offering help, you know, constantly, uh, wherever it's needed. Uh, I think I think it's like critical for 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 any culture and, you know, the values that you are embedding into your culture, which overlap with, you know, like what what guides your values and for us it's like um you know having um you know certain values that islam you know kind of presents like ihsan like excellence um so how does that value kind of get manifested into you know the work that you do whether it's like you know the report that you're giving an advertiser or a relationship that you're managing um how do we constantly keep the bar high for that so mm -hmm. culture needs to be uh you know we need to have like a North star and that's guided by like certain values. And then, you know, how that gets manifested, like I was saying, starts with that, you know, starts with everyone in the company from the top down, however you want to look at it. Uh, and then giving everybody, you know, treating everybody with respect, having, uh, you know, their voices heard, uh, and then, um, creating, uh, you know, opportunities for, for work-life balance, like, you know, whether it's Ramadan or it's Eid or it's Juma. Like one of the things we do is like Jamal, there's no work, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you can kind of shut that things down. So you can look at it from different perspectives. If you're like a Muslim company, you know, last 10 days of Ramadan, shut it down, you know, let everybody focus on their ibadah. So culture, uh, you know, uh, those type of things I think can help propel a culture for the better. If, you know, like predominantly like you're hiring or you have like Muslim employees, you know, if you're a Muslim own company that's only hiring Muslims, but there are certain things that are just universal. How you treat mm -hmm. how you treat people, uh, making it fun, you know, challenging people, and then rewarding people where it's necessary. You know, mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that. And I think that's definitely one thing that we can we can do better as business owners, and that is so essential. And we sometimes underestimate. You know, a lot of us start off as solopreneurs. We start a business, and we are on our own. But eventually there will always come a time where we need to start hiring a team and bringing people on board. And when that time comes, it is so important to really take some time to reflect on what kind of company culture we want to build, what kind of values we want to instill and how do we want, do we want people to show up and how do we also want to treat others within our team? So I appreciate you sharing uh, those few tips with us today. And I want to ask you what's in the roadmap for the future of Muslim ad network. Is there anything you can share with us in regards to your future plans? What can we expect? Yeah, I mean, I would say aside from like um, just really breaking down the doors to like major companies to kind of start reaching Muslims um, more target, you know, and through through our solution, um, you know, uh, in, into the Muslim consumer market, um, continuing that kind of like um, you know uh, uphill battle. Mm -hmm. uh, so kind of the first thing is like getting these mainstream companies, more of them on board. Uh, cracking that I think is like a, a big deal for us and kind of like the the roadmap uh, in terms of like that's like more on the sales side. Mm -hmm. um, uh, on the publisher side, I would say um, expanding our um, you know reach. Um, so whether it's with influencers. Um, because websites are just one piece of the whole pie. 
uh, and Muslims are kind of going everywhere and, you know, um, different outlets have the ability to kind of influence the Muslim consumer mindset. So um, continuing to kind of like expand and kind of asking ourselves, like, how do we um, find ways, more ways to reach Muslims mm -hmm. through different channels? So that might even be like the metaverse at some point, right? Um, because, you know, the metaverse is going to kind of take over um, the day-to-day -day life of, uh, you know, many, uh, the world, I would say at some point. So um, for us, it's like anytime there's a new platform or a new, um, you know, uh, way for Muslims to see ads, it's like, how do we make sure we're there, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, one thing that's not going to change for us is maximizing um, the number of Muslim eyeballs we're getting in front of, and we got to go wherever they're going. So yeah. I would say between like that on the technology side, and then without going into too much weeds, and then on the on the marketing and sales side, continuing to pursue um, the whales, like we call them, and really continuing to educate them, um, which we're trying, like our new ebook that just launched, like I mentioned. So uh, uphill battle, but organic, and um, you know, hoping to kind of um, you know do the work. So those that come after us or are working with us you know if it's easier for them mm -hmm. i really appreciate you sharing that and how can people connect with muslim ad network and really sign up to your services work with you guys for our listeners who maybe just might find out about you for the first time and are interested in advertising to the muslim community or perhaps they already have a website and some traffic coming in and they'd like a source of halal income where should we tell them to go to benefit from your services <clears throat> yeah for sure and sorry my throat's a little messed up but, no problem um, you're an advertiser you know, you go to muslimadnetwork.com or if you're a publisher, we have, um, if you're an advertiser, you just go right to our get started page. Very mm -hmm. simple. You fill out the inquiry and we have, um, you know, we're fully managed service. So we actually handhold you throughout the whole process. We care a lot about the campaign. We try to do everything we could to make it work. Um, so for the advertiser, go to muslimadnetwork.com and mm -hmm. then you go right to the advertising get started page. And then you Got just it. fill that out. And it will be in touch pretty quickly. If you're a publisher, you go to the muslimadnetwork.com website, same, same destination. And then you're just going to go to the publisher application. And then, um, you know, likewise, we're just right. going to go through a quick audit review process. And then if everything looks good, you know, we'll go through an onboarding process. So those right. are just kind of like the easy ways for, for you guys to get in contact with us. And if you go to muslimadnetwork.com, the two buttons are right on the top right of our website. Perfect. I really appreciate you sharing that. We'll make sure to include the link in the episode notes so people can benefit and find out more. And one question that I do have for you that I think will most likely pop up for people listening to this, is there a certain minimum requirement in terms of the advertising spend? So we know, you know, who is really the right fit to go and sign up with you guys versus who might need to wait a little bit longer? Yeah, I mean, most of our packages, like our packages start at $1,000 a month minimum. Okay. Uh, that's just where it, where it starts. I think that um, advertising, uh, you know, it's, 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 you have to kind of put in to get more out of it. Of course. Um, but you know, that's kind of like the ideal minimum starting, but we do look at it on a case to case basis. And if we can bring value, um, with the lesser budget, you know, we, we want to set those expectations up front. So, yeah. um, you know, happy to talk to anyone, mm -hmm. um, 
who might have something lower than that. But generally, you know, we start with like three months minimum uh, and then a thousand dollars a month. But uh, it could be case to case. Like, you know, it yeah. could be less than that if we feel like, you know, you know what, this product makes sense. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like the general yeah. overview. One thing that I do want to highlight as well that I think is really important for, for entrepreneurs to know specifically within entrepreneur, our advertising, our goal at all times is for it to not cost money. Right. And this is something that Alhamdulillah we've been able to achieve. Um, and, and I would say partly it's just due to endless trial and experimentation over the last three years. But ultimately, as a business or an entrepreneur, when you look at investments towards advertising, towards marketing, your goal should be, I'm going to put in 1000 towards this, I'm going to put in 5000 towards this. But I know this product is good. And I have the right product market fit that I'm going to get at least double the amount back in sales or in revenue or even triple or four times or mm -hmm. five times. Yeah. And that is ultimately the goal. And that's one thing that I definitely want to highlight for our listeners who might be considering this. It's really important for you guys to understand as business owners, you absolutely need a marketing channel that works for you. We have one at Omerpreneur and you know, without it, we wouldn't be able to be where we are today. And ultimately with every business owner, if you have the ability to push a lever, right. Or invest a dollar into a channel and get $2 back. That is really the ability to control your revenue and your income. And so I encourage all of you to really look into this, research it, figure out how you can advertise your products. But of course, first get that product market fit, and then you can go and advertise and really start to scale up a business to where you need it to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, I think that, you know, having meaningful advertising spend is like, you know, you, you got to really look at it very carefully. Um, but depending on your goals, like if you're looking for instant, you know, sales, and you have a, a more modest budget, conservative budget, definitely, you know, you want to track all your attribution, make sure that you're getting the ROI. Um, yeah. But, you know, oftentimes we see brands that are just starting out and they just want to blast themselves out. So they have brand recall. Right. So depending on who you are, what your objective is, kind of take everything into account. You want to build a brand because that takes time. You got to let the, you know, you got to let it marinate. And then eventually when that customer is, is, is further down that buyer's journey, they'll select you instead of your competitor. Yeah. Um, but if you're an e-commerce store and you don't have, you know, you just want to kind of see things instantly, then sure, you know, you can, you can do a lot of that. Um, so kind of look Definitely. at it case to case, but um, you know, just uh, kind of evaluate your objectives. 100%. And I appreciate you clarifying that. I'm always thinking more from a perspective of like sales, because that's what I focus yeah. on all the time. But that's a really good point. If you want to do brand awareness, of course, then you're not looking for at the revenue ROI, but rather you're looking at the brand awareness ROI, right? How much, how much bigger is my audience? How many more people have exactly. I, have I, have I reached this month, right? How many people have seen this ad or clicked on it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so that's really important too. Brother Sad, I appreciate you so much. Um, you know, joining me on this podcast, sharing all this information with our listeners today and all this value. Truly, Jazakallah khair uh, for joining us. And I will definitely include the link to Muslim Ad Network so people can check it out in the description below. Jazakallah khair. Yeah, Jazakallah. I appreciate your time. And uh, you guys are doing great work and happy to help wherever we could, inshallah. Appreciate it, brother. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum.